Hi listeners, welcome to the Because We Love Finding Meaning After Loss podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Haycock. Do you ever wonder how you can help someone who is grieving any type of loss? Are you afraid to open your mouth in fear of saying something stupid? Or are you the griever and wonder how on earth you're going to navigate this loss? I am speaking to individuals who will share their stories and how they're finding meaning after loss. I'll be speaking to professionals who can provide us with useful tools on how to navigate this life. I will be tackling difficult topics relating to loss, but don't worry, there is a sprinkle of humor into these conversations. And my aim is to create a safe healing space where authentic, real conversation takes place. This podcast is aimed for anyone who has experienced some form of loss and or are supporting loved ones who are grieving. My guests are diverse. Some are spiritual, some are not. Some have lost loved ones through death, some through divorce, a job loss, loss of their health. Ultimately, I hope one or more of these stories will resonate with you. If not, no worries, just jump to another episode. As I promise, they're all different and unique. So let's get vulnerable, people. Hi, everyone. Before I introduce you to my next guest, I wanted to say a few things. One is I did say that this was just going to be an organic conversation. Well, my guest, bless her, was recording and sharing her story at a hotel room. And about three quarters of the way through, someone came knocking on the door and I thought, well, I'm leaving this in. So you'll hear that. And after I hit stop on the recording, I realized my speaker wasn't actually plugged into the back of the speaker. So, you know, you live and you learn. But the good news is the podcast isn't about me and what I say. It's about my guest. I want to introduce you to Jennifer Sen, the founder of Navigating Baby Loss. She is a certified life coach who specializes in grief coaching for parents of stillborn babies. Her third pregnancy ended in a stillbirth of their twin daughters weeks before they were to be born. And her experience of living through that loss, as well as the following pregnancy and the healthy birth of their daughter, is the basis of her coaching practice. She helps her clients navigate topics such as blame, guilt, isolation, depression, anxiety, marriage relationship issues, body shame, jealousy, and returning to work after facing others' comments, as well as the fear of another pregnancy following the loss. Jennifer knows from experience that this type of loss stays with you for a lifetime, and if not dealt with properly, it can take a dangerous toll on women's mental and physical well-being. She is honored to work with women and their families, redesigning a future that looks different than when it did while they were pregnant and showing them that life after loss can still be beautiful in a way that honors their baby and themselves. So let's talk to Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. It's so good to have you on the Because We Live podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you today. 
Yeah, it was so great having our initial chat and just that connection. So I was like, you definitely have to be on my podcast. Uh, so especially because of the work that you do and the, this, this work is so crucial, but also there's so much, I imagine so much stigma or secrecy or, you know, it's not, there's not enough resources and help out there for these women. So, and men, but I wanted to just ask you a little bit about your journey and your grief and like what brought you to the work that you do now. So if you want to share just a little bit of your story, that'd be great. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, I'll begin by saying that there definitely was not many people talking about this anywhere. So I knew it was something that I had felt called to for a really long time. But when I realized the suffering and the magnitude of the suffering, I knew this, this was my time I needed to do something. But 23 years ago, we had two little boys. My husband and I had two little boys and our third pregnancy happened without fertility treatments, which it didn't with the first two. So we were thrilled, thought like this grand finale to our family. It was twin girls. We were just so excited about this perfect little cherry on the top to our family. And I got 32 weeks in and I had been to the doctor earlier in the week and my doctor said, you know, you just are a textbook case of a pregnancy of twins. Everything's great. So I rested very easily in that. And by the weekend, I didn't feel them move. Mm-hmm. And so when you're that far along, certainly with one baby, much less two, it's a marked difference when things aren't quite right. I knew it in my heart, what was going on, I think, but I, you know, went to the doctor, did all of things, heard the most terrible words that are ever spoken by your sonogram technician and doctor and just proceeded to have a, you know, I had a cesarean delivery after several days of induction. It was really just sort of an out-of-body experience really when I think about it now and just then you buy a then you buy a burial plot and then you have a funeral and then all of these things at 29 years old that you just are really unimaginable and so what followed was me just putting pulling my pants up and just going about my life and grieving in silence just trying to get by because that's what, that's what everyone wanted me to do. It's what I wanted. I had these two other little boys who needed a mom who was put together. So I really just painted on a smile every single day. I was a hairstylist at the time. So I 10 times a day to every client repeated the story. (laughs) And I just really pulled strength out of every corner I could find it. Um, but what I realized this far down the road is that that grief stays with you. You don't get to, you don't get to just stuff it down and bury it. It stays with you and it shows up. 
It shows up when your children go to kindergarten. It shows up when they graduate from high school. It shows up at every single birthday and holiday. And, um, you know, those feelings don't, don't go away. And so once I did some work and did some more processing of it, I knew I had to, I I knew I had to find a way to help other people through this. So they don't spend as much time suffering as I do. So that's how I became a coach for parents of stillborns. Wow. I mean, I just, you know, I've not experienced what you've experienced and I'm a mom of two adult daughters. Um, and my second daughter, I was measuring very large at five months and I went in and they did the ultrasound and they kept going to this one spot and this one spot. And I thought, Oh God, she had an intestinal blockage. So she was born a month early. She had two surgeries because the first one didn't work and she was in the hospital for two months, but they were like, if they're going to have anything, this is what you want them to have because it's totally fixable. But I remember just going, oh my God, like I just, and so I can't, you know, we say, oh, I can't imagine what you went through, but I really just, yeah. you know, especially like as a mom, I just don't even know how you process those words that are coming at you at 32 weeks where you're clearly showing everybody knows you're pregnant. Yeah. Wow. I mean, so it was just shock and awe really. Right. Yeah. It just was completely out of left field. We did an autopsy. It was really nothing spectacular. It was simply a cord accident And because they were twins and they shared the blood supply, once one was affected, it, you know, it, it, there was no chance of maybe saving one or anything like that. They just were gone. They just were gone. And yeah, so it just, I know I, when you said people and people would say to me like, oh, I can't imagine that, but you can, but you can. And if yeah, you're you a mother, kind of go, oh my God, like this is the terror worst thing. that yeah. you feel in your chest when you think, when you think, oh, I can't imagine that, that terror that you feel is becomes a reality for way too many women. Yes. Many. And then, yes. And, you know, it's interesting. So you just said, okay, right. I've got these two boys. They need their mom. I need to just get on with it. How long was it that you got on with it quote unquote, <laughs> until you started going, wait a minute, mm-hmm. something's not right. I need some help or. Yeah. Well, I mean, my family, we don't, we don't do therapy right? Like we weren't raised (laughs) to do that. You just, you, things happen in their heart and you just keep going. Um, I, I had a baby three days before the anniversary day of my twins. So within a year, I had another baby. She, the joy of my life, the biggest teacher of my life, she turned out to be. And, um, yeah. So everyone around me kind of breathed the collective sigh of relief, like, whew, okay, she's good, oh, right? She's got another, got another baby. It's all yeah. good. 
it's all good. Even myself, I try to convince myself that that it was, I knew there wasn't a replacement, but I thought, okay, it'll fill a hole. And, you know, and then different things, like when I think back, just, you know, the erosion of my joy, my, my marriage, you know, like we, we really did good and we stuck it out, but it wasn't easy. He, he had a whole different wife and he didn't even know it and he didn't know what to do about it. And, um, you know, I, I, it really didn't occur to me until probably seven or eight years down the road, I owned a business. I owned my own salon and spa and, I went to a business conference and they sat us down with vision boards and they said, here you go, go ahead and cut anything out of these magazines, all of your biggest dreams and your biggest visions. And I ended up sitting there blank and I was panicked because I didn't have any visions I didn't do stuff like that. I lived day to day and I was thankful for what I had. I didn't dare to ask for more because I know what happens when you think you're going to get more and it gets ripped out from you. Just so happened there was a life coach at this event I went to and, you know, she kind of noticed me. And so we had a little chat and I mean, never in a million years did I ever think it would relate back to my loss that happened almost 10 years ago, because of course I'd stuff that very safely in a quiet place. And then what I realized is I, I hired her and we worked for together for years. And what I realized was I was really limiting myself because I was scared. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was of scared course. and I had so much unprocessed grief and I just wasn't living. And yeah, you dare, dare dream, dare to dream, right? Because yeah. if you do, we know what happens. Yeah. And that's so interesting. So it's, it's always so fascinating to me how someone goes from this horribly tragic loss and how they respond to it. I'm just always curious about the human, how we, mm-hmm. we different humans, um, experience this and then when it hits how we then what do we do with that so you're seven eight ten years down the road right and so then did you hire this life coach then or I sure did yeah I was like okay there's something here that I need to know yes yeah yes because during yeah because she told me you know it's it's okay it's okay to, it's okay to live. It's okay to dream. You're not being, I think a lot of lost parents feel like they're being, um, disloyal to their babies that are gone. I, and I think, you know, at, at any age, when you lose a child at any age, you're moving on with your life. You're seeking happiness feels like a disloyalty to them. Yes. Yes. And that's what I was really wrestling with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is the stuck point, isn't it? And, yeah. 
And the being able to fully grieve and fully live, I believe those two things can go hand in hand, but not easily and not without work. So you went down the road. Did you ever seek therapy or was your life coached like your, your Mm. lifeline? I did. I did seek therapy too. Um, Yeah, because, and actually I did seek therapy before I met the life coach. Um because I was having panic attacks when my baby daughter got on the school bus for the first day. I, I felt it was a loss. I felt like I was losing her. I was scared for her safety unrealistically. And I just knew I needed to do something so that I didn't pass those fears on to her. Um, And I did, and we worked through some things, but to me, there was something, um, she had never been through a loss herself. So I, to me, that is one thing that's super important is finding that person that says, Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I remember thinking that too. And it's not weird. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. It's not weird to think that it's totally normal that you think that, but a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I can totally see how all of those things at every little big moment in your child's children, but especially your daughter's life mm-hmm. and anniversary dates and birthdays and getting on a school bus and all of those things can be really activating to you. And like you said, causing these panic attacks. So you had the wherewithal to go, actually, do you know what I need? I can't do this alone. Mm -hmm. So then you, so you went through therapy, then you hire life coach. Mm -hmm. And at what point, so are you still, do you still own a salon at this time? So no, I didn't. I ended up doing um, business coaching for the salon industry. I kind of worked into that and what I realized that kept coming up for me too, is a lot of times women in business were struggling because they had unprocessed grief that they had these things really that they needed coaching through. And so I just, I, I did that for a few years and then I realized, okay, I need to move into coaching. This is my calling. This is what I wanted what I know I need to help people with. Yes. Yes. So you take your experience of this tremendous loss and grief and turn it into, right. I can be a resource to other women. And, you know, just to back up, you had mentioned like your marriage and how this impacted your husband, like who is this woman? And I don't even, I mean, how is he supposed to even navigate this? But also he's lost two daughters, right? Right. So it's, it, it, and collective grief with, with your sons and your family, everybody has lost these two precious girls. And so I imagine that in the relationship part of it was hard for both of you to navigate this grief. The relationship part was really hard because when it's a baby, when it's a baby pregnancy loss, um, 
you experience it on a physical level, their loss is really the dream of those children. And so he instantly went right into the role of fixer because men are really, they like to do that. So he was going to fix it. He was going to fix me. He was going to make everything okay. And, and because of that, we really didn't talk about a whole lot um, until things would get a little crazy, you know, (laughs) and then things would get heated and then I would yell out, you know, you'd act like you don't even care. And, and then he would say, well, I, I just didn't want to bring it up because I don't want you to cry. I don't want to make you cry. I don't want to talk about it because that'll make you cry, which is exactly what I needed. But they, you know, of course, being the fixers don't, don't want that. And so we, yeah, we just had to really, we had to understand that each other was grieving differently and I couldn't expect him to grieve the same way I did because his loss, even though it was technically the same loss, it just felt different. Yeah. And in dealing with it differently, it's so interesting because well, we're just a pretty illiterate when it comes to grief anyway. And this, I imagine this type of loss, stillborn loss is just a whole different layer as well. And not talked about and, mm-hmm. and not a lot of resources there, but it is interesting how you said that it is one of those things where by he says, I didn't want you. I don't want to upset you. I think so many times in grief, people, we don't know what to say. Cause we're like, Oh my God, like, I don't want to upset them. But the reality is I always tell people we are, we know that they're not here. Like we, we know you can't, you can't make them dead again or passed away again. Like you can't, you can't bring them to life and you can't do the worst thing that's ever happened is already happened. True. So so talking about them and, and because of their life and, and all of it, like that is so, like you said, crying and getting out is so what is needed, but we tend to just not want to hurt them again. Right. 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 I don't want to bring it up. Well, you know, and then I always tell people like mothers of lost children, love to talk about their children as much as mothers of alive children. Right. So it's, yeah, like you're never going to upset us worse by bringing it up. And if we cry, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I think society, I think what you said to society is super uncomfortable with that. They don't, we don't make anybody cry. Yeah, absolutely. I think in my second podcast, when I was talking about how we can support those who are grieving, just one of the things that we, we want to tell stories like we, and, but what happens is the person who's sitting there and receiving this, you know, we're uncomfortable, we're in pain for them, and we don't know what to do with that. And so I always say, remember, it's not about you it's about Mm. them. It's about the griever. And so when we kind of take it off of ourselves and, and we can just put it onto what is best for them, 
that process, you know, they can go away and try to ground themselves, talk to their family, do whatever, go to their therapist if they need. But at that moment, so I find that so interesting. Did you have that same kind of experience? I know you said you had to say it like 10, 20 times a day to (laughs) your clients, but did you have to, what are your friends? Did you have support? What was that kind of like for you? I, I, I don't know about you, but I think when these things happen, your circle becomes real small. Your circle all of a sudden becomes real small and you know the ones who you can talk to and that will listen and that won't try to jump in with a, with a, a fixer. Um, so yeah, I mean, at work, I kept it very, and, and I, you do, when you're in that type of business, you have a personal relationship with so many people and it's lovely. I loved, I love that part of it, but I kept very surface level there. And then I did have a few, a few close friends and my sisters and my mother, my mother had, my mother had experienced a loss before I was born. She lost her first child full term and always talked about it. We always knew about it, which was really amazing when I think about it now um, that she was willing to share that with us. And I'm thankful because it, so it wasn't an unusual conversation in our household. And so I really made sure it was that way in my household. Um, but even my mother, I didn't, I was afraid of upsetting her. Right. So I was afraid to talk too much. And here's this person in my life who had been through it. And I was still afraid to upset her. Yeah. Because she's lost her grandbabies. Well, that's it. She, she knows what it's like on a firsthand level of a mother. And now she's lost her grandbabies babies and is seeing her daughter in so much pain. I really, I didn't, I I really didn't rely on her very, maybe as much as I could have, but yeah, because, you know, we, as much as moms don't want their children in pain, we don't want our parents in, you know, so how much we try to just hold it in to protect those around us as well. So, Mm -hmm. wow. So, you know, I find it's so interesting, but I want to definitely touch upon the work that you do and maybe you can give us some insight. Obviously you went through the coaching certification, like all of that, but tell us a little bit about the work you do. And if you can give us some some examples, because there are going to be people who are listening, who have either gone through what you've gone through, or they're trying to support somebody who has gone through what you've gone through and, or they may end up supporting someone without knowing it, you know, in the future. So any kind of, yeah, absolutely. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I have. um, So the way I work with my clients is, is typically one-on-one and it's really interesting because you might think that it would be like a new grieving mother fresh out of the hospital. And, and oftentimes it's not, oftentimes it does take a year or two down the road before you realize, you know, this is just, this is kind of bleeding into every area of my life. I need to have some 
have some help with this. Um, so yeah, we talk about all kind of, we talk about relationships. We talk about, um, re-entering the workforce after this. That's a whole new challenge. Um, parenting after loss, you know, how, how do you parent those, those children that are still there? And, um, certainly pregnancy after loss is a whole different kind of pregnancy after you've experienced a loss. So, there's just, there's so many different topics and areas that, that come into play when you're really trying to work through this. And, um, so I think the, the best advice I have for someone that would be supporting someone through this is not to be afraid to talk, not to be afraid to talk. And, even I, and I think this is even easier. The easiest one is if, if you knew the baby's name, send them a text, just, it doesn't matter if it's been 10 years ago, send them a text right now today that says, you know, I just was thinking about you and the baby's name today. And I wanted you to know, I was thinking about you hang in there. I mean, can you imagine what that that just because as lost moms, we don't have our baby, you know, we don't have a baby to show and to that we ever had one. So yeah. someone remembering it is just, it's just the best thing ever. Um, and yeah. And if you've been through, if this is something that you have been through and you feel like you need help, I think it it makes all the difference to, talk to someone who has been through it because yes. you do get that perspective, that special perspective. And the only way you're going to get through some of these things is by talking it out. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can, you can journal, you can, you can do all the things and those are so helpful, but there's something about saying it out loud, having someone hear you and understand you. That is really what makes the healing helpful. Yeah, so true. And you yourself know the feelings that come with losing, you know, two girls and and two two babies. So some of the tools that were useful and not so useful. And, and like you said, just somebody witnessing your grief, somebody who is just sitting there and they're just holding that space for you, just being able to have a safe, confidential environment where you can say to a third party person things you wouldn't say to your husband or your mom yeah. or your yeah. sisters or your sibling. Like, you know, it's like, you, just you, you know, they can say things that aren't going to offend, hurt the coach who is on the other side, right? right? That is such an important thing. And I love that message. That is so useful of sending a text to those individuals because I have friends who have lost children. I've lost my son-in-law. They, you know, they were, let's say 10 years old or 24 or, you know, whatever age they were, they existed. These babies exist. They, they have names. They, and so 
to the, I think the worst thing when I've talked to my friends is like when people don't, you know, Christmas card and they leave off the child who's passed or, you know, that sort of thing. So I love that message of just sending a text. It takes two seconds, but it can just change someone's day, their feelings, their like, oh, she, he did exist and somebody noticed. Right. Wow. Can you hang on one second? Sorry. So I, I do love the fact that you take the pain that you have experienced and turn around and use it to help others. And so with, with the work that you do, which is imperative, um, I think it's just, I'll put in the show notes how people can find you, you know, what, so we'll put all that information there, but do you do face-to-face or do you do online or how do you do your work? So most of it is online because that's how we live now. Right. And um, so, yeah, lots through zoom phone call. If, if someone's uncomfortable with that or um, and I, I do have like a text coaching service because sometimes you just need a little encouragement here and there and in just somebody that you can reach out to when things get crazy. So I have a text coaching service too, but amazing amazing I think that is it's so important for those and when you said that they don't usually just when they leave the hospital then find somebody I think you're right I I do see that with clients as well and and even myself it's like you know in the back of your mind you're going to need some help at some point but you're just trying to breathe you're just trying to absorb what has just happened the shock of it all and some people might want this, you know, to talk to somebody right away, but I think you're right. There's a, there's usually a little bit of time after where it starts to really absorb, like you said, into all areas of their life. Yeah, it does. And then you start to see the thread of like, oh yeah, this is, this is that coming up again. And, and that is what I love about the work I do is I have along the way picked up things that I know are helpful. I know helped me that I know are helpful to my clients. And so really within a fairly short amount of time, you can lessen the suffering. And that's really what's important about getting help is just lessening that suffering as quickly and as much as you can and learning new strategies because because these things are always going to come back up. Yes, absolutely. It doesn't go away. And so now they have the tools and the strategies. So when they are hit with that, they can go, oh, wait a minute, let me grab this tool. Let me grab the strategies or they can come to you when that moment happens then and have a session with you or yeah, great. Okay, perfect. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think what's really important is not only you know, thank you for sharing your story and your journey. And then how, like I said, you've taken this and now you're saying, I didn't really have the resources that I needed. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to be that resource 
for women. And so I love that. Well, yeah. Done. When I had my loss, there was no social media. There were, we didn't even have cell phones. So it's so amazing that there are ways to access help now. And now it's just really getting the right help that you need. Yeah. And getting the word out there, which is what we need to be doing and which is what you are doing. And you also have a podcast. Is that right? Mm -hmm. I do. It's called navigating baby loss. Great. Navigating baby loss. Jennifer Sen. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So I'll put that link in there as well so that that individuals can listen because no doubt you're going to have loads of information and help for people. And then they can also find you there as well. So I really appreciate so much. You just coming on and just sharing your life and your healing journey and like how you're helping other women. It's so powerful. Thank you so much. And I love that you have this space for grievers because there are if there's just so much of it and it's, it's such a great place to find, find some great resources. So thank you yeah, for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure.